close your eyes while I read it because I, I just want to, I want to go, I want to dive in because words are powerful. You know, we can pass over words. Words are the embodiment of yourself. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. These lyrics, these words carry the atmosphere, the substance of heaven. These words were written by this worship team. It's the embodiment of who this body of believers is. You've pulled me out. You pulled out in me things I'd never see. <laughs> Come on. <sighs> in my darkest place, you saw gold. All you want is time with me. <laughs> so I respond and let you be a father who's showing me which way to go. This is the sound of this church. This is the message of this church. This isn't just another song. It's not, you know, worship is not playing an instrument. It's not singing. It's the posture of a heart that's yielded in love to Jesus. You pulled out in me <laughs> things I never see. And oh, you believe that I'm good. Stop for a second. I want, I want you to say that. Say, you believe that I'm good. Mm. Say that again. You believe that I'm good. Now think about it. One of... Song of Solomon, chapter seven. You know, if you read the book of the Song of Solomon, many versions of the Bible call it the Song of Songs. Many people believe that that could be God's favorite song, as in he called it the song of all songs. You can follow your entire walk with Jesus from beginning of Song of Solomon to the end. It's a maturing process. And at one point, you know, at one point, the Shulamite says, I'm dark, but I'm lovely. You know, it's like she's finally starting to hear, you know, she feels so dirty, but he makes her feel loved, you know? And isn't that what the world needs right now? Isn't that what people need to hear right now? The world already knows it's a mess. 
It needs prophets and poets and singers telling them who they are in the most beautiful way. She's like, I'm dark, but I'm lovely. I'm dark, but I'm lovely. Come on, how many of you on the way here, you were like, I might as well not even go. <laughs> see, when we behold him, we become more like him. We see him. When we see his beauty, it has this corresponding effect on the inside of us that we become fully alive. I mean, what is revival? It's when the heart comes alive. Period. Our cultures have, you know, created this image that revival is defined by all this. You know, bottom line is, is revival is when your heart comes fully alive and you know that you were created to love and to be loved. And in one place, the Shulamite gets a revelation. This was actually one of my favorites because, you know, we sing the other one a lot where it says, I'm, you know, I am my beloved's and he is mine. But, but there's something more profound about this particular text. I believe it's Song of Solomon, chapter 7, verse 10, where, where, she, where she says, I am my beloved's and his desire is for me. Now that is a revelation. God's love is perfection. There's nothing you can do to make him love you more. And there's nothing you can do to make him love you less. It's perfection. For God so loved the world <laughs> that he gave. Jesus was the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. Think about it. Good. That says I'm worth it. <laughs> Good that says I'm perfect. Wait a minute, no, man, you don't know my story. Like, you don't know me. You don't, I know mine. <laughs> Do you think God's intimidated by your mistakes? He's author and finisher. He's omniscient. He knows everything. And yet he still loves us. That doesn't give you a license to sin. Grace gives you the empowerment to be holy. Because when I know I'm loved and I feel accepted and I feel clean, my God. Man, I've been married 23 years. I dated my wife for four years. I fall, and I'm, I fall more in love every single day. Every texture of her voice, every laugh, every glimpse of her eye, everything, man. See, you become what you behold when you behold the beauty of God and you hear another texture of his voice or you see another glimpse of his presence or you hear another revelation. See, what the world needs is a revelation of the love of God. I mean, let's just be real. This 
good that says I'm worth it. What does the prostitute down the street need to know? One of my favorite moments of my life happened this year. I was in Fortaleza, Brazil with Iris and we went to the favela right there. I mean, I was hanging out with the drug dealers, you know? It was pretty crazy. They were like dealing drugs and getting money and I walked up and they're like, Pastor, will you pray for me? <laughs> Laid hands on them, prayed for them. They went back to selling drugs, you know? So, you just keep doing it. Come on. I mean, you know. Hanging out with the prostitutes. And, and all of a sudden, they said, uh, Jason. That's how they say my name in Brazil. <laughs> Jason, do you want to go to the witch doctor's house? I was like, yeah. Come on, let's go. I was like, come on, let's go to the witch doctor's house. So we went to the witch doctor's house. Never forget this rest of my life. So we, we walked in, and there's people everywhere. You know, you could tell what was going on. And there was a, you know, a hostel in there. there was a... And I walked in, and uh, this beautiful woman there, she was a prostitute. There were a few uh, females already in there with her, and they asked me to chat with her. So I just began to sing over her. See, the, the world is telling her, you're worthless. Just sell yourself. See, God says, you're worth it. So I just, I grabbed her hands and I told her how, how absolutely beautiful she was. She began to cry. And I began to sing one of my songs. Um, it's called Tu Es Bon. And it, uh, in Portuguese, it just says, Tu Es Bon. Todo tempo es bom, justiça está em ti, teu amor há para sempre. I just begin to say, you are good all the time, you're good. I heard this said recently. I was sharing with, I was called you pastora. <laughs> My brain is thinking in different languages. I was sharing with them, you know, I, 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 um, you see a lot right now. There's a lot going on. Terrorism and racism and trafficking. I mean, you name it. I mean, we see it all. What's the answer? What if the answer isn't just found merely? Now, I know the heart behind this, so under, hear my, my... It's not just found in just more social justice programs. more church programs. Nothing wrong with those things, okay? We've got a lot of programs, man. Insanity is saying, let's keep doing the same thing the same way and expect a different result. What is at the core of all this? Right now in America, you know, with the NFL and all these things, and, oh, it's just everywhere. <laughs> What's the, it's evil. It's evil. Racism, evil. You know, bigotry, evil. 
All these things, at the root of it all, it just all has a different mask. What if the answer (laughs) isn't just found in all these different things, but it's actually gonna be found when we begin to release the goodness of God into the world? We can do so many things. But what the world needs to experience is the glory of God, the character of Jesus. I, you know, I told you guys last night, I'm gonna read the scripture here in a second, but God is love, isn't he? Well, don't you think if God is love, then he's the definition of that as well? Come on. What is it, it's uh, 2 Corinthians 13? Let's see, what is love? I'm just gonna find the scripture real quick. <laughs> Hallelujah. First Corinthians, excuse me. Love is patient. Don't you think God is patient? Well, if you, look, if you talk to most of the church today, he's not. Love is kind. Good that says you're worth it. Good that says you're, he's kind. I've been feeling the kindness of Jesus in meetings so tangibly lately. It's like I can't continue. I can't even sing. I just, I just begin to weep at his kindness. Because, you know, you're th- you, some, everyone's at different places. But you're like, I'm dark, but I'm lovely. I'm, I'm dark, but I'm lovely. You're being kind to me, and why are you being so kind to me? Like, why are you being so kind? Because his love is fantastic. It's not proud. Hmm. It does not dishonor others. It's not selfish. Keeps no record of wrongs. If God is love, this is the definition of love. Hallelujah, amen. I'm glad someone agrees with me. <laughs> love never fails. Sure. Good that says I'm worth it. Good that says I'm perfect. Good that says I'm fearless. Good that says I'm gold. Good that says I'm lovely. Okay, men, you have to be okay with that. Because women have to be sons and we have to be the bride. It's just how it is. Are you getting anything out of this? I'm going somewhere. Good that says I'm set free. Good that says you chose me. Come on, somebody. (sighs) Shakarava. A chosen generation. A royal priesthood. A holy nation. Good that says I'm yours. Wow. 
absolutely beautiful. Creation is groaning for the sons of God to be revealed. Two years ago, I did an adoption service here. And I talked about then, but if you weren't here, I talked about what that word son is. It's the word weos. It actually means mature sons. Creation is groaning for mature sons to be unveiled. The word revealed there, apocalypse, it means unveiling. There is a great unveiling coming forth. Now, in Romans 8, it also says that those that are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Come on, somebody. Just look at your neighbor and say amen. (laughs) Those that are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So I began to ask myself this. Now, what does it look like to walk in the Spirit? And this is why I wanted the worship team in here because I'm going to say something to you. I want to encourage you. And then we're going we're gonna to see what happens here. In Exodus chapter 28, verse 30, it gives us a principle the priest would wear an ephod. And at the bottom of the ephod, there was a golden bell. Everybody say a golden bell. bell. And there was a fruit, a pomegranate. Everybody say fruit. fruit. So there's a bell and there's a fruit. Now, when they would go into the holy of holies, when they would go into that most holy place, At the bottom of the ephod was the bell. Everybody say bell. Bell. And a fruit, fruit. So when they would go into the spirit, I mean, that's the place. Into the holy of holies. When they were walking in the realm of the glory of God, I want you to hear me. There would be a sound released from the holy place. The sound would come from their walk. It was the sign to the nation. (sighs) It was the sign to the nation that they were alive. (laughs) There's always a sound before a move of God. Always. We don't have time to get into it. But man, you should, you should study it. There's always a sound before a move of God. And a sound is not a new sound. Everybody's always saying, I want the new sound, I want the new sound. A new sound is not defined by style. It's defined by substance. It's defined by atmosphere. It's defined by the message that God wants to release. I couldn't even, I I was so possessed all afternoon since I got home 
I got way too much to give you, so we'll have to come back Sunday morning. Just tell your neighbor I'll be back Sunday morning. But I wanted to encourage this church because creation is groaning for mature sons and daughters. And those that walk in the Spirit, Romans chapter 8, they are the mature ones. So when you go and you, the priests are always an example to us because we are to be kings and priests. Man, we could get into that double portion. It's the revelation of Melchizedek. It's powerful. <clears throat> but we're kings and we're priests. So what does a priest do? In Leviticus chapter 9, it tells us that Moses and Aaron went into the tabernacle. And then it says they came out. So they went in before they came out. And when they came out, it says everyone experienced the glory. Come on, somebody. It says fire came from heaven and everyone saw it. And everyone experienced the glory. And it says that everyone present fell on their face before God. There you go. <laughs> you cannot take people where you've never been. David showed up for God in private. So God showed up for David in public when he slew a giant. Come on, somebody. Your church is carrying a sound that's birthed from the holy place. Many people in the world right now, not being negative because this is, in, this, this is important, but many people in the world right now, all of their focus is on gifts, talent, the gifts of the Spirit, prophecy, you know, raise the dead, all these different things. I have, have it all in my notes, but right now I'm just talking. Most of the emphasis is there. Go to this school. Go to this school. Learn to do the gifts. Learn to do the stuff. <laughs> well, that's the bell. Golden bell. We all have a bell. We all have a talent. We all have a gift. The gifts of the Spirit. But what about the fruit? See, if you only had the bell, when you go in the most holy place, there's no sound. Come on, somebody. Jesus said, many will say to me in that day, didn't we prophesy in your name? Didn't we raise the dead in your name? And he'll look at them and say, I never knew you. The word know there is the word genosko. It's the same as the Old Testament word yada. It's the way a man knows his wife. He's after intimacy. Intimacy happens behind closed doors. Intimacy happens in secret. You can't take people where you've never been. I'm saying all this to say that this team, this church, has been there. So there's substance on the sound. Come on, somebody. How does the world know you're alive when there's substance on your, when that sound of your walk, boom, when that bell comes in contact with fruit? It releases a sound from the most holy place. Come on, somebody. 
And this song, to me, I'm preaching on the song, but to me, it reflects the burning heart of God. I think of that prostitute. I think every other man probably that went in that room used and abused her and made her feel filthy. But someone actually coming and saying, do you, do you see yourself the way that God sees you? What does the lyric say? Even in my darkest place? God's love is so relentless. The psalmist said, if I make my bed in hell, even there, you are. Come on, friends. What the world needs is to experience the goodness of God. 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 11 tells us the gifts. There's diversity of gifts, but the same spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but is the same God who works in all in all. But the manifestation of the spirit is given each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the spirit. To another, the word of knowledge through the same spirit. To another, sorry, my, my phone is so small. <laughs> to another, faith by the same spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the same spirit. To another, the works of miracles. To another, prophecy to another discerning of spirits, to another kinds of different kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. That's the gifts. We need the gifts. We need to work in the gifts. I'm not against that. I flow them myself. I teach in Bible schools, okay? But there's not a lot of emphasis put on fruit. You can prophesy over 10,000 people, but if you leave and you're rude to your neighbor... If you leave here after the conference and you go to the church's favorite uh, restaurant and you're rude to the waitress, come on, friends. It's time to mature. And see, I can say that here because you are. See, you're an apostolic church. You're releasing a new sound. This song is already challenging people. See, the message, the apostolic deals with the realm of eternity. Come on, friends. <sighs> the apostolic comes and changes mindsets and challenges mindsets. This sound is going to challenge mindsets. That's the whole message. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Change the way you think. Change your mindset. He's saying, listen, there's another kingdom at hand. We have to go up and in. We have to change our spiritual lens. The attack on this world is on the attack of the image of God. In the book of Genesis, God created man in the image of God. What was tested? Then the enemy comes to Eve and says, don't you know? If you eat this, you'll be like God. But he was already lying. She was already created in the image and likeness of God. So all the stuff, racism, hate, all these different things. We're not going to get onto that, but you get my point. What is it doing? It is attacking the image of God. What is the, world, the, what is the message the world needs to hear right now? Good that says you're perfect. 
Good that says you're beautiful. Because the beauty and the love of God reaches to the darkest places of the earth and strips them out of the hands of hell. They need to see the authentic, authentic love of God. Against that, there is no law. The highest form of warfare, my friends, and listen, I fast, I pray, okay, I'm not against that, but <laughs> fasting and praying doesn't change God, it changes you. So the highest form of warfare, you know, like I'll wear camo, listen, I got songs, man, in Brazil, one of my songs, they sing it all over the nation. It's, it's like, Hoo-ah! you know, it'll make you roar. I think I've had you guys roar in here, you know. I get it. I live it, okay? But that's not the highest form of warfare. You know what the highest form of warfare is? The fruit of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. It says against that, there is no law. You can have the bells, you can have the sound, you can have the best lighting, you can have it all perfection. But if you have no fruit, your sound will have no substance. Your sound, this church, has substance. It's going to challenge mindsets. Before every move of God, there has to be a change of mindset. People have to go higher. And what I sense and what I feel as you guys have stewarded an environment where you go up and in, you're becoming what you're beholding and your sound is prophesying over the nations. It'll affect, it'll change everything. Is this making sense? I'm glad. <laughs> so the bell by itself, nada. But when the bell comes in contact with fruit, it tells the world you're alive. I can hear someone get up and sing a song, you know, perfect and and, you know, they'll get a, a standing, you know, standing O. Is it ovation or ovation? Ovation. Standing ovation. But then someone else can get up and they cry through the whole song. They may not hit every note right, man, but everybody's on their face. What's the difference? It's not just how talented you are. Because this can be, you know, I'm kind of prophesying here to the team, but... This is for all of us. I don't know what your gift, what your talent is. But they know us by our love. They know us by our love. Check this out. Galatians 5.22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. Everybody say love. love. Joy. Joy. Peace. You know, the enemy can't be peaceful. <laughs> Come on, somebody. He doesn't have any joy. He definitely doesn't have any love. These are fruits of the Spirit. Listen, friends, this isn't just a, hey, these are rules you should live by. No, 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 no. This is the fruit of a life that's laid down to God. 
This is a fruit of a life that's yielded to God. For the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, male deus do sell, my God in heaven, long-suffering, woo! You know, if you can have long-suffering, you can beat the devil, because he can't. I can outweigh him any day, any time, any place. That's right. <laughs> Gentleness, gentle spirit. Goodness. Goodness says you're perfect. Pooh, come on, somebody. Goodness says you're lovely. I can't sing it like her, but man. <laughs> Your voice is just astounding. I cried like a baby in the car today. But your sound has fruit. You've tapped into the mind of God. You're being possessed and you're prophesying. You're like John the Baptist and you're like Jesus. Repent. Change the way you think. I know what this world has said to you. It's stealing your image. We are to be the image bearers of God. The people need to see Jesus. He was the logos, the embodiment of heaven. The personification of heaven. He was the sound of heaven and the earth. And now the Bible says we're to be the living epistles. People need to hear the sound of your life and be led to Jesus. They need to be able to read your life and see Jesus. And my heart like breaks when I see all these things happening right now. Because I'm like, man, God is good. He is kind. He is beautiful. He is lovely. There's this old Stephen Curtis Chapman song that he wrote to his wife. Any Stephen Curtis Chapman fans in the house? Yeah. You know, I, I still love me some Stephen Curtis Chapman. But he, he wrote this song for his wife. And sometimes I will sing it prophetically over people because he goes, if you could see what I see. He's like, and I, because I hear God in that, I'm like, man, if you could see what I see. See, the world's lens is cracked. You know, if you have a pair of glasses on and the lens is cracked, you're going to see a perverted picture. If you look into a mirror and the mirror is cracked, you're going to see a perverted image of yourself. That's what happened when, when man sinned, the lens got cracked. So Adam, instead of running to God, ran from God and covered himself with this fig leaf. And that's a whole nother message. But my point is, instead of being God conscious, he became self-conscious. So now we have all these self-interest groups, don't we? Come on, friends. Instead of being God conscious, we become self-conscious. So God still came. In the cool of the day, he still came. But Adam, instead of running to God, ran from God. Because why? I knew I was naked. And God says, who told you that? I could almost hear that echo right now. Who told you that? And then we could sing this song. Good that says you're perfect. 
goodness says you're lovely. Come on, friend. Goodness says you're chosen. I'm chosen? Yeah. He was the lamb slain before you ever sinned. See, this compels me to want to be holy. When you taste authentic love, you're not looking for, you know, I love my wife. I'm not looking for a reason to cheat. It's not even on my grid. I'm in love. People need to come in contact with the fruit. Jesus, you know, everyone uses this excuse you know, to go live however they want, you know. <laughs> well, Jesus hung out with all the sinners, you know, so I'm going to go hang out with all the sinners. The difference is, is was he was the embodiment of heaven, and he had a sound in his walk. So when he went and sat with the sinner, when he left, they were changed. Amen. He shifted the atmosphere everywhere he went. Everywhere he went, he carried the atmosphere of heaven, so therefore, he walked in, the whole atmosphere shifted. Our family, people don't know how to take us, you know. Me and my wife, you know, and then we got two kids with huge afros. We love it. (laughs) And um, we walk into a place, and the whole place changes. I don't have to, do you know Jesus? Can I give you this track? God bless you. God bless. I don't have to do that. I walk in. I say, how you doing? How you doing, girl? Oh, I'm good. It's all good. What you been up to? No, we just go in there and love people. And we show patience. If they're busy, we don't like, excuse me. I've been waiting for 20 minutes. Come on, friends. Listen, the church needs to grow up. Goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, patience. And look at this little thing here. Against this, there is no law. Mail. Dales. You know, David, David broke the law all the time. The law came to show man his insufficiency, right? I've been studying David. David was a king, but he was not of the tribe of Levi. He wasn't a priest. But constantly... David would just break the law. Why? And why does God say he was a man after his own heart? Wait a minute, he broke the law. How dare he? Hmm. I think David knew something. You see, because David, I told you, he showed up for God in private. He had been out there worshiping. He didn't know nothing about nothing. He just fell in love with God. So when he became king, He goes back to Ziklag, because this is what I've been thinking about, everything that's happening in the world. What should the church's response be? What should we do as the people of God? What's our responsibility? Is it to do more things? 
Or how about just make those more things bear fruit? Revelation without application does nothing. People that have all this amazing revelation, well, what are you doing with it? We have a high and holy responsibility to legislate heaven to earth, to learn how to be kings and priests and access heaven. Now see, David, when he came back to Ziklag, I don't know if any of you, some of you may know the story, some of you may not, he was out to war and the enemy came in, took all the women, took all the children and just took everything and left. So here's David with his men and the Bible literally says they wept until they were silent. And the first thing David did, bring me the ephod. Wait a minute, David, you're not a priest. He knew he had access to God that bypassed the law. Come on, friends, that's amazing. Then one day he's hungry and he goes to the priest and the priest says, well, we only have common bread. He said, give me the priest bread. He wasn't supposed to eat the priest bread. But you know what? He knew to rule a nation, he had to access God. So he bypassed all of that. He had a revelation. We could get into that, but there's no time. What am I getting at? It's not just about the laws and the principles. It's about your access, your intimacy with God and what sounds you're releasing in the earth. Come on, friends. David was a man after God's own heart. In 2 Chronicles, it tells us that when Solomon became king, it says he went up the mountain and he went into the tabernacle, or into the tent of meeting, and he brought a thousand burnt offerings. Wow. And God came to him and said, tell me what do you want? That's pretty legit. What do you want? I've heard a lot of sermons. I want wisdom. He did ask for wisdom but this is what he asked for. Wisdom and knowledge. The root of the word knowledge there is yada, which I told you is intimacy. Because he said, I want to know how to go in and come out like my father David did. He knew to rule a nation, he had to go into the holy place, into the secret place before he went out to the people because he knew he would have no substance on his life unless he went in before he went out. Shakaraba. <sighs> and the amazing thing is, with unveiled face, we behold him and we are changed. What's the secret? Beholding him. Beholding his face, opening up that, the word and reading the word and being washed by the water of the word. Being washed by the water of the word, looking in the mirror, looking in a mirror that's not cracked. Looking into a lens that's not broken. Looking into a lens that says, Good that says I'm worth it. Good that says I'm perfect. Good that says I'm fearless. Hmm. Y'all need to sing that song all the time. Yeah. 
They weren't even going to do it tonight. And I said, no, you got to do it tonight. <laughs> no, no, no. And what am I getting at? I'm, I'm, I'm preaching on many dimensions here. I hope you see this. I'm speaking to the team that, you know, come on, guys, you did it. And it's got substance. Amen. It's not just words that sound good. It's got life on it. And it's going to change mindsets. It already has started. You know that. You shared that with me. But it's going to challenge mindsets. But that's what the apostolic does. It's an apostolic sound that will shift atmospheres in the nations of the world. Because it will change mindsets and change paradigms. Why? Because we're kings and priests. We go in. We behold him. And we don't just worship because we're a worship team. I was sharing with, um, with the guys. They were like, you know, asking me some questions. And I said, you know, I don't read the Bible to preach. I'm not a professional minister. I'm a lover. Being a worship leader is not a profession. Being a speaker for Jesus is not a profession. It's an honor. It's a high and holy and very humbling calling. <laughs> I take it very serious, but I don't study to preach. I study because I'm in love with Jesus, and I want to know him, and the more I know him, the more I, I'm changed, and then the more I walk around, the atmosphere just begins to shift because my bell has given some fruit. What sound are you releasing? What sound comes from your walk? Your walk, your daily walk, your daily, when you're not at church, mundane walk. We need to be the sound of heaven. When you go to awaken the dawn, you're going to shift the atmosphere with a new sound. The sound of lovers, the sound of people that know they're loved, the sound of people that know they're beautiful, and they're not ashamed to say it in front of people. Well, how dare you? Well, how do you know he thinks you're beautiful? Because he said it in his word. (laughs) Because he told me. Because he said in Isaiah 60, those that look to him become radiant. I am radiant. Look at me, baby. Look at me shine. I'm one of his favorites. What? Yeah. Yeah. That's what he told me. I don't know what he told you. That's what he told me. (laughs) Nothing makes me more happy than when I look at my baby girl or my son and I say, you know what? She had her hair done to come here and I said, you look beautiful. And her smile just, bam. You don't think Daddy God says that to you? In your worst days, in your greatest days. He's perfection. He is perfection. I've had the honor of being with Heidi in, in, in the uh, in the bush, you know? And me and Faith Tuesday and Josiah and Regina, and I may have told this story here before, but maybe you need to hear it again, or maybe there are people here that haven't heard it. You know, in, in Mozambique, 
it's the poorest of the poor. You know, it's like we pull worms out of people's feet. One day we were riding in the Jeep with, with Mama Heidi, and she pulls the truck over, and she goes, Jason, I want to show you something. I said, yes, ma'am. You know, that's what you say when Heidi Baker says, come here, and you say, yes, ma'am. You know? And uh, me and my wife get out of the car, and we go into a beauty salon. What? A beauty salon, okay, in Mozambique, Pimba, Mozambique, Africa, in the dirt. Like, you walk through the dirt to get to the beauty salon, and you walk in, and there's all these Mozambican women... And, and what I saw was they were giving the gift of beauty. They were restoring dignity. That's what you are doing. And that's what we should be doing, is giving people dignity. Through the fruit of the Spirit. Our gifts should be bearing the fruit of giving people dignity and beauty and restoring innocence where it's been stolen. Mm. That's the heart of God. That's right. Oh. So anyways, we walk out of the room and Mama Heidi puts her arm around me and says, did you see that girl? And I said, yes, ma'am. And she said, when I found her, she was tied to a tree being raped day and night. Now, wait a minute. She's... She was the owner of the beauty salon. That's revival. Come on. Come on. She came alive. Now, she was giving beauty. She, she was the owner. But when Heidi found her, she was tied to a tree being taken advantage of. So we went to the outreach, and three months later, I went back. I go twice a year. I'll be there next month. I get off the plane. First thing, they have, they always, like you guys, you guys are just amazing. They had a person that's assigned to you to help you because they keep you very busy. And the first thing, I get off the plane, Mama Heidi would like you to be at a wedding today. I said, yes, (laughs) ma'am. So I didn't even really have time to to do much, but I went home, I went to my, my little room, and I went to the wedding, and the place was packed, and we waited, that's what you do in Africa, <laughs> and all the people said, amen, but we're patient, aren't we, we show the fruit of the Spirit, we're long-suffering, <laughs> so, in comes the beautiful Mozambican bride, The place is packed like there's no personal space. Okay, you're like this. Thank you, Jesus. He's like, the Mozambican bride comes down. Heidi does the wedding. I'm in the back. I'm trying to show you this was something supernatural, and I'm not exaggerating. I was in the back. Heidi's up here. Wedding's done. Next thing you know, Heidi's right by me. I don't know how it happened. She puts her arm around me. She goes, did you see that bride? I said, yes, ma'am. She said, when I found her, she was tied to a tree being raped day and night. It's the same woman. And I'm not dumb. You don't have to be a prophet to be like, okay, God, what are you trying to tell me? And God said, you know what? I have called this world to be a beautiful bride. 
but so many are tied to trees in their life being raped by the world. We're tied from intimacy. That's the place of transformation. That's the place that of that opens the realm. We had an amazing conversation today about renewing the mind, rewiring the brain. How is that going to happen? We have to go into the face of God, hear the word of God, read the word of God, meditate on the word of God, chew it like cud. Get that word of God in you, intimacy, into me, see, abide in me and I in you. See, God has given you all things, but it doesn't belong to you at any given moment. Even the church has been taken over by self-entitlement. It takes work. It takes sacrifice. You unlock. God has given you all things, but the Bible says it's the glory of God to conceal a matter. It's the glory of kings to search it out. The secret things belong to the Lord, but once they're revealed, they belong to you and the generations after you. You have to go into the presence of God, get the substance of heaven, eat it. Eat it. You are what you eat. And then when you go out, all of a sudden, you have a little more patience than you used to. And you're like, wow. It's holy simplicity. But we're tied to all these trees, you know. I was tied to a tree. I had several trees. (laughs) Why do we have these trees? To beat the image of God. You know, you were created in the image and likeness of God. The enemy's not afraid of us being in church. He's not even afraid of you checking, hey, I'll get saved. What he's afraid of is when you actually understand who you are. Then you're a threat to him. The great unveiling of the sons and daughters of God. What would that look like? What would that sound like when you come fully alive? Let's stand to our feet just for a moment. The bells and the fruit. The sound of the most holy place. You know, you're the priest of your tabernacle. (laughs) Paul said, you know, don't you know? You are the tabernacle. The glory of God lives inside of you. There's so much inside of you, friend. But what unlocks it? It's the key of David. (laughs) The key of David. What was the key of David? In today's society, you know, we, we try and with right hearts, but sometimes we, you know, have a wrong application. So many people try to say, oh, well, worship is the key of David. Well, intercession is the key of David. Prayer is the key of David. No, those are expressions of the key of David. What was the key of David? He knew how to go in. Intimacy. He knew how to go in and he knew how to come out. And Isaiah 22, 22 says that the key of David opens a door that no man can shut. 
And there's a door open. It opened the minute they began to worship tonight. Because they know the key. Every worship team doesn't have the key. I don't mean that critical. It's just the, it's just the truth. You guys are blessed here that you have a leadership that has a key that opens a door. And back to the, to the project really quick, it's the key. It's going to open doors in the nations of the world. And they're gonna hear a sound from the holy place because your CD is produced beautifully. It's got beautiful writing, it's got beautiful arrangement. But even more stunning than that, has a sound. <laughs> it prophesies. I'm so excited for it. And it's the sound of this church. See, they're writing from the message that the pastors here are preaching. They're giving the message melody, if you will. And the cool thing about melody is it'll be sung forever. We still sing Amazing Grace, don't we? Some songs transcend time and space. This song, I've been singing to us bone now for 13, 14 years. <laughs> Good, that's such a perfect. Come on, Jesus. This song will be sung. It's a sound of eternity. It's an apostolic sound. And it will shift and change mindsets. So that's the word, if you will, over the leadership and the song. Now let's bring it personal. And I will close with this thought, and then we'll just see what Jesus wants to do. I hope this was okay. I just really, I take this very serious. I like to be authentic, and I was burning all afternoon. Luke chapter 7 is a great example to me of what this song represents the story of the lady with her alabaster box David would tell his mighty men David had these mighty men and and they would gather in a cave called Adullam and God showed me this is a cave of Adullam what does Adullam mean it means house of justice <laughs> It means house of justice. And I see pastor, like David, he has all these men and women in this house that he's training in the ways of God. He has mighty men, if you will. The pastors here are not afraid of strong people. What the world needs is more individuals and less big movements. Because individuals step onto a platform and shift things. Heidi Baker is an individual. She's an anomaly. Lou Engle is an anomaly. He's an, he's an individual. Pastor Ian is, is an anomaly. He's, what you're doing is powerful and it has the key of David. And this is a cave of Adullam. It's this house of releasing the justice of heaven through the nature of Jesus. And he would tell them, he'd say, worship the Lord, ye mighty. Now, many uh, theologians say that David was speaking to the heavenly host. He wasn't. He had mighty men. 
he was training his mighty men and he would say worship the Lord ye mighty worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness and I want to leave you with this thought tonight and then I'm going to ask if they would come and, and sing that song again beauty of holiness I've studied this because I like romantic language and, and I like the beautiful language of the Bible so I, I like to know what it's about and the Bible says to worship God in beauty, the word beauty actually means to be decorated with honor. Bam. That's what your song is doing. That's what your sound is doing. It's decorating people with the beauty of holiness. To be decorated with beauty, it's like, it's literally a picture of a, a military man and, and God coming up and putting medals on you. It's like you're being decorated with honor. He's given us beauty for our ashes. Come on, somebody. He's, he's already taken care of it. That's that access. He was telling his men, listen, don't listen to all this other stuff. I've met him. You have access to God. That's the key of David. He knew that he had access. Beauty decorated with honor holiness means to be a cut above it means to be set apart but it also means to be dedicated to service wow so beauty of holiness means you're decorated with honor and you're dedicated to service now I'm gonna to submit to you today and I wanted to tell this to the worship team that is the realm of worship that shifts nations the beauty of holiness. Jehoshaphat, when he was at war, God said, Sing out the, send out the singers first and tell them to worship in the beauty of holiness. Hmm. I was just in Jordan on the Syrian war border in, a, in an upper room with, with the Egyptians, Assyrians, Palestinians. And you know what we did? I just me and my little piano man, and we went up and in in the beauty of holiness. They were plastered on the floor. I was like, man, I felt like I was in the Bible. I was on the road to Damascus, literally. That's where I was, leading worship. I never thought I'd be doing that when I was cleaning toilets a few years ago. Good that says you're lovely. Come on. Good that says you're set free. Come on. Beauty of holiness. That's the beauty of holiness. So then I was like, okay, God will show it to me lady goes in with her alabaster box she did not belong there according to the law she should not have been there they could have stoned her but she knew Jesus was in there every other man you know the Bible's very specific say a woman who was a sinner many many believe she was a prostitute so all those men in that room, when she walked up to Jesus, they're like, how dare she be in here? So that's the enemy defacing the image of God. You're, you don't deserve to be here. You're not worth it. You're not worth it. What, what are you doing in here? If, if, if he was really, if he was a prophet, he would know. That's what the world's saying today. He was a prophet.
prophet, he would know exactly who he was. No, they were too late. He already touched her out in the street. So in beauty, she knew if he's in there, I can go in there. I don't care what anybody else thinks. I don't care what they say. I don't care what they've seen. I don't care anything. He's in there. I am going to access heaven because I know who he is. How can I say that? Because she came to anoint him for his death. She was more prophetic than those men. They were the church of the day. They invited Jesus to their house, but they did not recognize him. He walked into the room. We have churches filled on Sundays that invite Jesus to come. He's standing right there, but they're still begging him as if he's not there. I, I, sometimes I'm like, Jesus is probably like, would you just come? Would you come? I've been here for 30 minutes. In fact, I was here before you. And, and, and I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm just like, I'm like, he's right here. I don't, I don't have to beg, steal, or borrow. He's omnipresent. The heavens were open when the veil was rent. Come on, somebody. She walked right into the room, but she did not come empty-handed. She brought her offering. <laughs> That's what I tell worship teams and I tell speakers when I'm doing leadership things. I'm like, you cannot come empty-handed. I come with every fiber of my being. I, at every meeting, me and my team, we have this rule. We leave it all on the altar. I don't know any other way. It's hard for me to just do something. I can't do anything halfway. I'm like, if I'm giving it for God, he's getting everything. And here's the rule. Brokenness brings nearness. That's the beauty of holiness. Worship that shifts nations, that shifts atmospheres. She walked into a religious mindset. And her brokenness changed the environment of the room when she broke the alabaster you see that's the thing she broke it she didn't just open it we do that well I'm going to church so I'm gonna let's do three worship songs then I'm gonna open up my I'm gonna pour a little bit out but you know what I'm gonna when you're broken you can't control how it pours out and that's what he wants is a broken spirit and a contrite heart he doesn't want just a little dabble, do you? He deserves more than that. He hung naked on a cross, violently dying to save you. I think he deserves a lot more. I want to give him everything. But the, the cool thing is, is when you give him everything, you get everything. Because when I walk in, she walked in that room and everyone in that room was judging her, and, you know, defacing her and criticizing her but you know what this is what Jesus says to you guys he said she has done a beautiful thing for me come on now she has done a beautiful Jesus said this Jesus said it 
Everyone else had something else to say, but he called her beautiful. Come on. Come on. Lift your hands.